Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting God Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to turn to all the merit badge books that Scouting has to offer and talk about all things Scouting. In this episode, we are going to be going over the first class rank requirements in detail. Now, let's begin. The first section in the first class rank requirements is camping and outdoor ethics. Requirement 1A says, since joining Boy Scouts, participate in 10 separate troop slash patrol activities... Uh, of at least six of which must be held outdoors. Of the outdoor activities, at least three must include overnight camping. These activities do not include troop or patrol meetings. On campouts, spend the night in a tent that you help pitch or a structure that you help erect, such as a lean-to, snow cave, and teepee. Patrol and troop campouts. Most of your campouts will be with your patrol or with your whole troop, as well as at least two adult leaders. Your patrol leader council might plan an outing where you focus on specific skills or work together on an outdoor merit badge. Your campsite could be a home base for day hikes or fishing expeditions. Camp activities. Camp can be your home base for all sorts of adventures. A campout can get you close to an area where you can enjoy an exciting activity, swimming, for example, or kayaking, photography, or environmental studies. As you plan a trip, think about the opportunities for adventure with easy reach of your campsite. Other possibilities include, but are not limited to, take a day hike to a lake, the top of a mountain, a scenic vista, or another point of interest. On winter trips, try cross-country skiing or snowshoeing. Build an igloo or a snow cave. Look into the snow for footprints of wildlife and follow them to discover the habits of different animals. Bike along trails open to cyclists. Go swimming, canoeing, rafting, or fishing. Be sure to follow the safe swim defense and safely afloat guidelines. With proper supervision, take a part with your group in organized climbing and repelling activities. Learn the correct skills and safety procedures from qualified instructors. Pitching a tent. Choose a fairly level spot on a durable surface. If there are pine needles, leaves, or other cover, don't break them away. They can lighten your impact on the land by protecting the soil from erosion. Spread out ground cloth, a sturdy sheet of waterproof plastic, and unfold your tent on top of it. The ground cloth will protect your tent floor from moisture. It should be just a little smaller than the size of your tent's floor. If your ground cloth is larger, tuck in the edges under so that the cloth won't catch rainwater and divert it beneath your tent. Next, assemble the poles and put them into place to give the tent its shape. Pull out the corners of the floor and stake them to the ground. Then, use taut line hitches to tie any guidelines around stakes that you have pushed into the soil. Although most tents are freestanding, always stake down the tent so that the wind does not carry it away. Finish pitching the tent by putting the rainfly over it and securing the fly in place. Snow structures. Shelters made up of snow can be ideal refuge- refuges on winter camping trips and a unique part of a cold weather adventure. They insulate much better than a tent and are unaffected by the wind. A snow cave is a good one to try. See the field book for information on building a few other types of snow shelters. The next requirement is requirement 1B. Explain each of the principles of tread lightly and how you practice them on a camping or outing. This camping must be different from the ones used in 10-foot requirement 1C and 2nd class requirement 1B. Tread lightly. The five tread lightly principles provide guidance on safe and responsible shooting, boating, and motorized vehicles use in the outdoors. The tread and tread lightly is an acronym for the first words in the five principles. 
tread responsibly. Stay on designated roads, trails, and recreation areas, and avoid wet, muddy trails when possible. Go over obstacles, not around them, and cross streams at designated fords. When boating, launching watercraft in the designated areas, and stay on designed waterways. If you're on a float trip, take your lunch break on a sandbar in the river, instead of pulling your boats up onto shore with heavy vegetation. Respect the rights of others. Don't disturb other users' recreational activities with excessive noise. When you go through a gate, leave it as you found it, whether open or closed. On trails, yield the right of way to people who are passing you or going uphill. If you encounter people on horseback, move to the downhill side of the trail and wait for them to pass. Educate yourself. Plan ahead by studying maps of the areas you plan to visit and any regulations that apply. Be sure that you have sufficient skills and know how to operate all equipment safely. Carry adequate supplies of food and water. Avoid sensitive areas. Stay on designated routes. Avoid areas like meadows, lakeshores, and wetlands, streams, and historical and archaeological sites that are easily damaged. Don't get so close to wild animals that you spook them, and avoid nesting and breeding areas. Do your part. Set a good example by leaving the area better than you found it, disposing of waste properly, minimizing your use of fires, repairing damaged areas, and not transporting invasive species or pets. Practice catch-and-release fishing, using artificial lures and barbless single, single hooks. Lake monitoring at Northern Tier. Scouts who participate in canoe treks through the Northern Tier High Adventure Program do more than canoe through a beautiful wilderness area, though they do plenty of that. They also collect important data on water clarity, which is affected by suspended materials such as algae and sediment. To measure water clarity, scouts lower plastic discs, called seshi discs, into a lake and note the depth at which the discs are barely visible. By comparing data from the same lake over time, scientists can detect trends in water quality. The next section is cooking. Requirement 2A says... Help plan a meal for one of the above campouts that includes at least one breakfast, one lunch, and one dinner, and that requires cooking at least two of the meals. Tell how the menu includes the foods from my plate or the current USDA nutritional model and how it meets the nutritional needs for the planned activity or campout. Planning camping meals. With good planning, you can take enough food on a trip so that everyone in your patrol eats well and are a few leftovers to pack out. You also know which pots, pans, and utensils to carry and whether you'll be cooking over a camp stove or a campfire. Begin making meal plans by answering the following questions. How many scouts are going on the trip, and how long will we be away from home? Decide on the number of meals that you will need and who will be eating together. A patrol is often just the right size for organizing the food and cooking gear for a hike or camping trip. Scouting cookbooks usually base recipes on eight servings. If the number of servings in recipe does not match the number of people eating, scale the recipe up or down as needed. For example, if the recipe serves four and you have eight people along, double the amount in each ingredient. Are there any special food needs? Discuss special food needs with patrol members. You may have members who are vegetarians or vegans, who don't eat certain foods for religious or health reasons, or who have food intolerance or allergies. If a scout has severe allergies, he might need to bring his own food. The BSA specific guidelines for helping keep participants with food allergies safe during meals can be found at the Scouting Safely section of scouting.org. What do we have planned? For days full of activities, choose recipes that won't take long to prepare and will give you plenty of fuel. If you will have time to make cooking a focal point on a campout, take ingredients to put together meals that are special. If you could even arrange a cook-off between patrols 
with teams of scouting chefs, compete to create a feast using the same set of random ingredients. How will we reach camp? Backpackers can keep their loads lighter by planning simple menus of non-perishable ingredients. These usually are dehydrated, making them very light. When you will be traveling to your campsite by car, you can bring along griddles, fresh and canned food, and even charcoal briquettes for a tasty Dutch oven meal. What weather do we expect? Winter menu should contain more fats and carbohydrates. Your body burns those substances to help you keep warm, including mixes for soups and hot drinks to warm you up. Summer meals can be lighter. Whatever the season, menu should be concluded in plenty of fluids. What is our budget? Sirloin sticks will cost you more than ground beef. Out-of-season fruits and vegetables may cost more than they do in-season and probably won't taste as good. Prepared foods typically cost more than those you create from scratch. Plan a menu that fits your budget and shop carefully to keep costs down. Food Allergies and Intolerances Food allergies happen when the body's immune system thinks a harmless food protein is a threat and attacks it. Food intolerances don't involve the immune system, but they can still cause serious symptoms. The most common sources of food intolerance are lactose, whether it is found in dairy products and gluten, which is found in most breads. If someone in your patrol has food allergies or intolerances, talk with him and his parents about ways to keep him safe. The best thing to do, of course, is to avoid using food items that cause him problems. Usually, you can find an alternative food in the same food group, like pineapples instead of apples or chicken instead of shellfish. Be sure to check if ingredients labels carefully, because problem foods can be hidden in unlikely places. For example, gluten can show up in soup, salad dressings, soy sauce, and sausages, as well as many foods that don't start with an S. Look for words like barley, rice, gram flour, malt, brewer's yeast, germ, salmonella, and spelt. Beyond avoiding food problems, it is important to avoid cross-contamination if you are making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Don't dip a knife that has been in the peanut butter jar into the jelly jar. Food for the outdoors. Depending on the sort of trip you are planning, you can take along all sorts of food. In fact, just about anything in the grocery store could find a spot in your menu. Here are some meal ingredients that you can choose for the outdoors. Fresh. Fresh foods have the most flavor and nutrition out of any menu items. However, they can be very heavy and easily damaged and prone to spoiling. Some, such as fresh meats, must be kept cool until you are ready to cook them. Carrots, apples, and certain cheeses will last longer, though most fresh foods are best to use on short trips or while car camping rather than during longer backpack adventures. Non-perishable. Pasta, beans, oatmeal, rice, flour, grains, and other foods that won't spoil are ideal for short-term and long-term camping. Sewed in plastic bags, they can be sewed in a backpack or duffel bags on canoes and rafts. Dehydrated slash dried. Most of the weight of many foods is water. Dehydrated food has most of the water removed from it, so it is very lightweight and just right for backpackers. Camping stores sell complete camp meals that require only the addition of boiling water, but you can also find many dehydrated items at grocery stores, such as dried milk, cocoa mix, and potato flakes in soup mixes. Making healthy choices. What you eat plays an important role on how healthy you are. Plant-based meals that are heavy in fruits and vegetables and light on high-fat proteins, such as hot dogs, sausages, and bacon. Also, avoid empty calories that come from the added sugar and drink mixes and many processed foods like sugar-sweetened cereal.
canned. Many foods can be purchased in cans. Canned food is very heavy to carry, and the empty containers must be packed out for recycling or proper disposal. That is not a problem when you are driving to a campsite. Sometimes, an ingredient such as a can of peaches for special dessert might be worth the effort it takes to carry it up to your trail camp. Just don't forget a can opener. Convenience. Every supermarket has dozens of convenient foods that are ready to eat or quick to prepare. Those you might want to try are pasta sauces, mixed biscuits and pancake mixes, jerky, and energy bars. The MyPlate diagram shows the relative amounts of each type of food you should eat each day at home and in camp. Try to eat a balanced diet made up of the right amounts of these food groups. Fruits, protein, vegetables, dairy, and grains. Limit the oils, fats, and sugars in your diet. Menus. Once you know how many meals you will need, write down what you want to prepare and eat for each of those meals. The recipes in this chapter will give you some ideas. List every ingredient for each dish. Use the size of servings chart that follows to determine the amount you will need for the number of people you will be eating together. Include any guests, such as your senior patrol leader or adult leader. Don't forget seasonings and other items you might need, such as cooking oil, honey or sugar, salt and pepper, and any other herbs and spices. So, how big is a serving? One baseball is around one cup. One tennis ball is equal to one third cup. A half of a cup is equal to one mouse. One egg is equal to one fourth of a cup. A deck of cards is around three ounces. And one cheese ball is around two tablespoons. Drinking water. Active scouts should drink plenty of water each day in cold weathers as well as warm. Whenever possible, bring fresh water from home or get it from public supplies. Remember, before drinking water, take them from springs, lakes, or streams. You must always treat it by boiling it, adding water treatments, tablets, or using a filter. Herbs and spices. Herbs and spices bring out the flavor of your cooking. Good choices for camp cooking include salt, pepper, chili powder, thyme, oregano, garlic flakes, baby leaves, and cinnamon. Carry herbs and spices in small, reusable plastic bags, then sew all containers in a stuffed sack. Many grocery stores and camping stores sell organizers that include several herbs and spices in a single container. Some camp cooks plan ahead by mixing the herbs and spices needed for each meal and packaging them in with the other ingredients. That can save you some time at camp and can bring a little less messy. You should still bring along some basic items like salt and pepper in case other scouts want to season the food on their plates. Use herbs and spices lightly when cooking. You can always add more, but you can't remove a spice if you use too much. Miscellaneous items. Other items you might need for preparing meals include condiments such as ketchup and mustard, relish and salad dressing, baking ingredients such as flour, honey, sugar, and butter, or meringue, and spreads such as toppings, jams, jelly, peanut butter, and maple syrup. Many patrols carry along a bottle of hot sauce to spice up meals. Useful non-food items include aluminum foil, toothpicks, reusable bags, paper towels, and trash bags. Cost per person. Once you have developed your menu, determine what supplies you have on hand from previous outings and what you need to buy. Take your shopping list to a grocery store and write down the prices. Figure out each scout share by adding up the costs and then dividing the sum by the number of scouts going on the outing. Many grocery store shelves include stickers that show the price per ounce or per unit, such as the price per granola bar in a box. Comparing these prices will help you determine which product is in the best value. But don't buy more food than you need, just because it is a better deal. If you need only 16 ounces of jelly, it doesn't make sense to buy a 32 ounce of jar, half of which may go to waste. 
By comparing prices, you can keep your costs down. Store brand products or products in bulk containers are often less expensive. Some troops allocate a certain amount of money for each patrol's food. In other troops, the actual cost is divided among those who go on the trip. However, your troop handles money for food. It pays to be a thrifty shopper. Remember, how hard you work during money-earning projects to raise the money you are spending. Advancement. Food list. First class. For the first class rank, you will plan a menu, including at least a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner, and then creating a shopping list from it. Here's an example that assumes eight people will be eating. Menu. Breakfast. Scrambled eggs. Two eggs per person equals 16 eggs. Cooking spray. Salt and pepper. Ham. Three ounces per person equals 24 ounces. Biscuits with butter and jelly. Two biscuits per person equals 16 biscuits. Two teaspoons butter per person equals 16 teaspoons or one-third cup. Two teaspoons of jelly per person equals 16 teaspoons, one-third cup. Bananas. One banana per person equals eight bananas. Milk. Eight ounces per person equals 64 ounces. Apple juice. Eight ounces per person equals 64 ounces. Trail lunch. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Two slices whole grain bread per person equals 16 slices. Two tablespoons peanut butter per person equals 16 tablespoons or one cup. Two tablespoons jelly per person equals 16 tablespoons or one cup. Sandwich bags. Carrots. One per person equals eight carrots. Apples. One per person equals eight apples. Trail mix. One packet per person. Water. Dinner. Foil dinners. Four ounces of ground beef per person equals 32 ounces or two pounds. One medium potato per person equals eight potatoes. One medium carrot per person equals eight carrots. One small onion per person equals eight onions. Salt and pepper. Heavy duty aluminum foil. Bread and butter. Two slices whole grain bread per person equals 16 slices. One tablespoon butter per person equals eight tablespoons or one half cup. Baked apples. One apple per person equals eight cups. One eighth of a cup raisins per person equals one cup of raisins. One fourth cup brown sugar per person equals two cups. One fourth teaspoon cinnamon sugar per person equals two teaspoons. One half tablespoon butter per person equals four tablespoons. Heavy duty aluminum foil. Sugar-free drink mix, one packet. The shopping list for that meal is as follows. Two dozen eggs. You need 16, but eggs usually come in packs of a dozen. One canned cooking spray. One salt shaker. One pepper shaker. 24 ounces of ham. Two cans of eight biscuits each. One pound of butter. You need one-third cup plus one-half cup plus four tablespoons. One 16-ounce jar of jelly. Eight bananas. One half gallon of milk. One half gallon of apple juice. Two loaves of whole grain bread. You need 32 ounces, so one loaf is probably not enough. One 16-ounce jar of peanut butter. One box of sandwich bags. One bag of carrots. You need 16 carrots. 16 apples. Eight packs of trail mix. Two pounds of ground beef. Eight potatoes. Eight small onions. One box of heavy-duty aluminum foil. One box of raisins. You need one cup. One small bag of brown sugar. You need two cups. One tin of shidamon. You need two tablespoons. One packet sugar-free drink mix. Before you go shopping, check to see what supplies your troop or family already has on hand. For example, shakers of salt and pepper last a long time, so you don't need to buy new ones for each campout. And a box of sandwich bags could last you p- your patrol for years. You will end up with leftovers of some items because the packages contain more food than you need. Some items will be kept until next trip, while others should be used up thrown away or given to patrol members to take them home at the end of a trip.
The next requirement is requirement 2B. Using the menu planned in first classroom requirement 2A, make a shopping list showing a budget and the food amounts needed to feed three or more boys. Secure the ingredients which can be found in the sections that I just read. Next requirement is requirement 2C. Show which pans, utensils, and other gear will be needed to cook and serve these meals. Cook kit. An important part of menu planning is figuring out which pots, pans, and utensils you will need for cooking and serving your food. By taking only the kitchen gear you will use, you can keep your load lighter and help keep your camp free of clutter. Many troops have cook kits made for camping. The handles of frying pans can be removed and the pots will nest together for easy packing. You can also find cooking gear at garage sales and surplus stores. Cooking kit should include hot pot, tongs, or gloves so that you can lift pots and pans off of the stove or a fire without burning your hands. Pots and pans used over campfires will get blackened by soot. Some scouts scrub off the soot after each use. Others make sure the insides of their pots and pans are washed clean, but don't worry too much about removing every bit of black from the outside. Storing a pot or pan in a nylon stuff sack as you are breaking camp will keep any remaining soot up from rubbing off in your pack. Stoves and campfires. Many scouts use stoves on all their camping trips. Stoves are clean, quick to heat, water, and cook food, and easy to light in any weather. They leave no marks in on the land. A stove in your pack can make it easier for you to camp without leaving a trace. Camping stoves often concentrate a lot of heat in a small area. Unlike the burners on kitchen stoves, you can keep food from scorching by turning down the heat and stirring often. Cooking on a camp stove is much like cooking on any stovetop. It is easy to regulate the heat so food cooks at the right speed and doesn't burn. Camping functions like your oven bake at home. Grilling and Dutch oven cooking are two other ways of preparing food at camp. Bring charcoal for a fast, consistent heat and tasty meal. Campfires can be used if you don't have a stove. The key to cooking over a campfire is to let the fire burn down to a bed of hot coals. This can take 20 to 30 minutes, so be sure to account for that time. Flames will char the outside of the food while leaving the inside uncooked. You've probably experienced this if you roasted a marshmallow over a hot fire. Lighting a fire brings with it the responsibilities to protect the environment. The principles of the outdoor ethics will guide you in deciding whether a fire is appropriate and then burning it in a way that minimizes its impact. Find out ahead of time if fires are allowed in the camping area you will be using. Even where fires are permitted, a lightweight stove is often a better choice. Many campers favor chemical-fueled cooking equipment, which creates very different hazards than traditional solid fuels. Before firing up any of these camp appliances, become familiar with the BSA Chemical Fuel and Equipment Policy, located in the scouting.org in the Scouting Safe League section. You should also become familiar with your troop's unit fire guard chart to learn the best ways to stay safe around the fire. The next requirement is requirement 2D. Demonstrate the procedures to follow in the safe handling and storage of fresh meats, dairy products, eggs, vegetables, and other perishable food products. Show how to properly dispose of camping garbage, cans, plastic containers, and other rubbish. Be food safe. Keeping a clean kitchen and camp and at home helps everybody stay healthy. The U.S. Department of Agriculture suggests four steps to be food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. Clean. Wash your hands, cooking utensils, and food preparation surfaces often. Separate. Keep raw meat separate from other foods. If you are using a cutting board to prepare raw meat, wash the board and utensils before other foods touches them. Wash containers and plates that have been touched by raw meat before using them to hold meat that has been cooked. Cook. 
Cooked foods thoroughly to kill harmful germs, meat, poultry, and eggs must be cooked to a certain minimum temperature or conditions. Ground meat, beef, pork, veal, lamb, 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Fresh beef, veal, lamb, pork, fish, 145 degrees Fahrenheit. Poultry, chicken, turkey, etc., 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Eggs and egg dishes, cook until yolk and white are firm. Casseroles, 165 degrees Fahrenheit. The only reliable way to check a temperature is with a food thermometer. Insert the thermometer in the thickest part of the food, away from bone, fat, or grizzle. Color is not a reliable indicator of doneness. Chill. Refrigerate any leftovers right away. Meat, eggs, salads that contain mayonnaise, like chicken salad, casseroles, soup, stews, and leftovers should be stowed at or below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. An appliance thermometer will let you monitor your coolest temperature. Here are some tips for keeping food colder longer in camp coolers. Chill the f- cooler for 30 minutes before you load it. Freeze food at home that you won't need the first day of your campout. Use blocks of ice rather than cubed or crushed ice. To make your own, fill clean half-gallon milk jugs two-thirds full of water and freeze overnight. Place the meat and eggs closest to the ice. Store the cooler in a shady space and open it as little as possible. Cleaning up after meals. Whether you cook with the stove or over an open fire, put on a pot of water before you serve a meal. You will have hot water for cleanup by the time you finish eating. As your meal is cooking, you can also do some other things to make cleanup easier. Separate clean and dirty pots and utensils. Put the clean items away. Scrape excess food into a trash bag. Pour some water in the pots that you've used if they contain stuck-on food. Throw away food wrappers, vegetable peels, and other waste. Close and put away food packages that you have opened. Begin cleanup by setting out three pots. 1. A wash pot. Hot water with a few drops of biodegradable soap. 2. Hot rinse pot. Clear hot water. 3. Cold rinse pot. Cold water with a sanitizing tablet or a few drops of bleach to kill bacteria. Follow these steps to wash a pot. 1. Scrape excess food into a garbage bag so that the pot is as clean as possible. 2. Dampen a scrub pad with water from the fresh wash pot and scrub the pot to loosen the remaining food. 3. Dunk the pot in the wash pot to remove the loosened food. If food is still stuck to the pot, scrub some more. 4. Use hot pot tongs to dip the pot in the hot rinse pot. Be sure no soap bubbles remain in the pan. 5. Dunk the pot in the cold rinse pot. If the pot is too big, dip some water from the cold rinse pot into the pot and slosh it around. Lay clean dishes, pots, and utensils on a plastic ground sheet, or hang them in a mesh dish hammock and let them air dry. Each scout can wash and rinse his own plate, cup, and utensils. If everyone also does one pot, pan, or cooking utensil, the work will be finished in no time. Dealing with leftovers. Carry food scraps home in a sealed trash bag. Don't bury leftover food or scatter it in the woods. Animals will almost always find it, and it is not healthy for them to eat your leftover food. Food scraps can also draw animals closer to campsites where they may lose their fear of humans. That can be dangerous for them and for you. Getting rid of dishwasher. During campouts lasting just a couple of days, use a sevy or a piece of window screen to strain any food bits out of your water, then put them into your trash. Carry wash water and rinse water away from your camp at least 75 steps away from any streams, lakes, or other open water. Give it a good fl- fling to spread it over a wide area. For longer stays at one site, 
Check with the local land manager for preferred ways to dispose of dishwater. One way is to dig a stump hole at the edge of the camp at least 75 steps away from streams, lakes, or other open water. It should be about a foot across and two feet deep. Pour dishwater into the stump through the sevy or piece of window screen to catch food particles and shake them into a trash bag. Fill the stump hole when you break camp and replace any ground cover. Keep soap detergent away from open waters. Many soaps, detergents, and shampoos contain chemicals that encourage algae to grow. Algae can crowd out native plants, making it harder for fish and other animals to survive. Soap and detergent might also leave an oily film in the water that can harm tiny water animals. Food storage. Plan how you will store your food while you are in the backcountry. Fresh meats, dairy products, and other perishable items can be kept chilled by storing them with chunks of ice and an insulated cooler. Other foods won't need to stay cool, but could require protection from mice, raccoons, and even bears. If your camp will be near a cabin or other building that is safe from animals, you might be able to store your food inside. The trunk of a car is another possibility. Some campgrounds have metal boxes where you can leave your food and know it is protected from wildlife and weather. You also can keep food out of reach of animals by hanging it from a tree. The next requirement is requirement 2E. On one campout, serve as a cook. Supervise your assistance in using a stove or building a cooking fire. Prepare the breakfast, lunch, and dinner planned in first class requirement 2A. Sharing kitchen duties. There might be times when you prepare a meal by yourself in the outdoors. Often, though, you can share the joy and work of camping, cooking with another scout, or even with someone in your patrol. Cooking with a buddy. When there are two of you, both you and your buddy can help pitch in and help with all the cooking and cleanup. For example, one of you can act as cook while the other cares for the stove, brings water, and washes the pots. Switch responsibilities next time so that each of you can have a chance to do everything. Cooking with a patrol. When your whole patrol pitches in, cooking and cleanup becomes much easier. Two of you can cook. Two more can fuel and light stoves or build an, um, and manage the campfire, and the others reorganize the dish while just washing and cleanup. Your patrol leader should create a duty roster that shows each scout's responsibility for each meal. On overnight campouts, scouts might change places on the chart every meal. During adventures, lasting a few days or more, scouts might change their places each morning. If you have a patrol members working on cooking-related advancement requirements or the cooking merit badge, they may need to take one extra responsibility starting an outing. Everyone should pitch in when asked, regardless of whose name is on the duty roster. For example, the cook might need someone to stir the beef stew while he gets the biscuits out of the Dutch oven, or the cleanup crew may need someone to bring in extra water. Supervising the camp kitchen. When a meal requires more than one cook, one of the cooks should serve as the head cook. His role is to do some of the cooking while supervising the task of the other cooks. Serving as head cook is a great way to practice leadership skills. Here are some tips. Begin by developing a version of the future success. Dinner on the table at 6, for example. Figure out the steps that will help you achieve that vision. When should you start the charcoal? What dishes do you need to be started first? Think about the potential challenges. Does your assistant know how to chop vegetables? Do you have enough pots and pans? What will you do at crunch time when you have two cooks and four tasks to complete? During the cooking process, assign yourself some tasks, but make sure you can still keep an eye on the other cooks on your watch. Ensure that all principles of personal hygiene and kitchen sanitation are followed and that all food handlers wash their hands often. If someone has a free moment while the Dutch oven is heating up, for example, have him set the table or start cleaning up. 
Even putting all the dirty dishes and utensils in one place can be helpful for the cleanup crew. Sample duty roster. Meal. Friday dinner. Cooks. Denny Jacob. Fire and water. Laquan Carlos. Cleanup. William and Raj. Saturday breakfast. Cooks. William and Raj. Fire and water. Denny and Jacob. Cleanup. Laquan and Carlos. Cooks. For Saturday lunch. Laquan Carlos. Fire and water. William and Raj. Cleanup. Denny and Jacob. Saturday dinner. Cooks. Denny Jacob. Fire and water. Laquan and Carlos. Cleanup. William and Raj. Sunday breakfast. Cooks. William and Raj. Fire and water. Denny and Jacob. Cleanup. Laquan and Carlos. Cooking safely. Cooking is fun until somebody gets hurt. The biggest dangers you face as a cook are burns and cuts. Fortunately, they are easy to avoid. Burns. Fires, charcoals, and cooking stoves can burn you if you touch them. Hidden dangers include stoves that have been turned off but are still hot, steam rising from boiling food, and hot food that gets spoiled. To avoid burns, use oven mitts when moving hot pans and hot pot tongs when working with Dutch ovens. Keep cloth ovens mitt dry when mitts won't protect your hands. Keep things that can burn well away from camp stoves. Make sure the stoves are on level surfaces and that pots are centered on top. Wear closed-toed shoes in case of spills. Stand well back when you are cooking with grease or butter, which can spatter. Keep your face and hands away from steaming pots when you open their lids. Let the steam disperse before looking inside. Dangers increase when the camp kitchen gets crowded. Everyone who is not cooking should stay out of the kitchen. Cuts. Like pocket knives, kitchen knives are serious tools. Treat them with respect. To avoid cuts, keep knives and scissors sharp. Use knives and scissors only for their intended purpose. Don't, for example, try to open a can with a knife. When you are using a knife, cut away from yourself and keep your fingers out of the knife path. If you need to hold down a piece of food while you cut it, spear it with a fork. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Scouting God Podcast. Next week, we will be continuing going over the first classroom requirements.